Hello, everyone. Welcome in here to Southeastern 14. I am Blaine Gilmer. This is our reaction show to the National Signing Day that just occurred. Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody who's joining. It was an eventful day. There was a lot of flips, good and bad for some programs, uh, some way worse than others, some very, very much so uh, happily surprised by what, what went down today. And we're going to talk about some of the rich getting richer. You see these four helmets behind me, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, and Auburn all had very big days in terms of National Signing Day and what they brought into their program for the future of it. And, uh, you know, guys, the, the high school recruiting, even with even with the transfer portal and stuff like that, I still firmly believe that high school recruiting is the lifeblood life of programs that are going to be successful in the long haul. So we're going to go over all of that good stuff here in just a minute. Make sure you go ahead and like. Uh, that helps out the stream a whole lot. Subscribe, turn on notifications. Greatly appreciate all that. And we're, without further ado, we're going to get – get started right after this word from bet online we're going to talk to you about hey bet online is a partner here with southeastern 14 as we are part of the believe network and uh you can bet on pretty much anything nowadays guys but all of the major sports are in action this week you got bowl games going on college football playoffs not that too far away bet online is your home for any kind of NBA action, NHL action, they're in midseason form. So BetOnline is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, NBA, upcoming UFC fights, like I said, NHL games. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and get into the action yourself. See all the updated odds for this week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, BetOnline where the game starts and guys where we're going to start is the team that had the number one class in the country that would be the georgia bulldogs once again kirby smart and the georgia bulldogs reel in the number one recruiting class uh this is a team remember coming off of back-to-back -back national championships their their 29 game win streak ended by alabama in the sec championship game by three points and they're looking to not rebuild, but reload for next year and get right back into that national title picture. We'll uh, we'll go through some of the some of the big surprises, uh, some of the some of the different things. Of course, Dylan Raiola left Georgia, uh, the Georgia class earlier this week. He ended up going to Nebraska, and that was what most people were talking about until today, where you can see right there in the middle, number one safety KJ Bolden joined the class for the Georgia Bulldogs today flipping away from flipping away from Florida State. Guys, that is humongous because KJ Bolden is as talented of an athlete as as you'll find in the high school ranks. Georgia has been on him for years and very similarly to Caleb Downs who went to Alabama out of the state of Georgia and was a All-American, not a freshman All-American, a straight-out All-American. And Kirby Smart, that that did not sit well with them at all and uh, vowed never to allow a player that talented get out of the state of Georgia again. That's what he told K.J. Bolden. That's what they sold Bolden on the entirety of his recruitment. And right at the end, Georgia is able to pull out a head over Florida State for his services. But you see – Defense has been the calling card for Georgia during the Kirby Smart era. 
They bring in Ellis Robinson, who I think is the most talented player in the entire country, regardless of position. He's the number one corner in the country. Justin Williams, the number one linebacker in the country. And then you have K.J. Bolden, as I mentioned, number one safety in the country. They bring in three running backs in this class, led by number two running back in the entire country, Nate Frazier, uh, who also is going to be joined by Chauncey Bowens, who flipped from Florida. Tuck that away because we're going to get to that later in the show as well. And then also Dwight Phillips, who stays in state, a 10-1, 100-meter guy. Uh, Ellis Robinson, K.J. Bolden, that uh, Dwight Phillips, as I just mentioned, all these guys can, can absolutely fly. Uh, Alex Page says you can't have enough backs. And, uh, no, that's, uh, that's for sure that, that you, you know, Georgia saw with running back depth, but just a couple of injuries can take you out of things. And they're looking to add another running back in the transfer portal with Trevor Etienne, who, uh, is leaving Florida and looking for a new home. And Georgia is rumored to be the home for there. KJ Bolden, as I mentioned, was the biggest addition in terms of the most surprising, the the flip today on signing day. And this is a deal where, listen, you just learn throughout things. There's there's things in people's backgrounds that are hard to overcome sometimes. AKA Arch Manning back a couple years ago. Georgia was right there in the mix. And then it comes out, hey, Arch Manning grew up his entire life. Being a uh, being a Texas fan, and at the end of the day, that's hard to overcome. Well, in in the background of KJ Bolden, his father wanted him to be a Georgia Bulldog from day one. I mean, absolutely wanted him to be a Bulldog from day one. Heck, we saw with Dylan Raiola, his dad played at Nebraska, has his name on the stadium. Sometimes that stuff is harder to overcome because I can tell you one hundred percent, KJ Bolden is not getting as much NIL money from Georgia as he could have gotten in other places. Zero, zero chance that he's that he's getting as much. He may get, be getting close, but he's not getting as much as he was offered other places. Definitely not as much as he was offered as at, at Auburn late in the game here. So KJ Bolden sold on development, but also when your fan when a key member of your family, somebody that you love and admire and looks up to, wants you to go a place that weighs in heavily into these type of decisions as well. Georgia, uh, like I said, I'm going to go back to that slide. The number one recruiting class, the rich get richer. And what they're going to do is not only did they add all these players at the skill positions, they added six offensive linemen that on average are six foot six, 330 pounds. I mean, these guys are massive. Now, Kirby Smart said, hey, that's not necessarily a good thing. Some of these guys got to lose some weight to get where they're able to play. But uh, they, they've added a lot on the offensive line, on the defensive line. A um, couple, couple of tight end prospects. Uh, Jaden Riddell is going to be a name that you're going to need to know for a while. So Georgia with the huge, huge class. Also, inside linebacker. Uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson transfers out to Kentucky. Largely, that's be probably because C.J. Allen and Redland Wilson, who were in this last class and were freshmen this year, played so well and worked themselves into a position to, to play as freshmen, especially when JDJ got injured. Then you bring in all these guys like Chris Cole and, and, and Chris Jones. I mean, they're bringing in a ton of guys at the inside linebacker position, three guys as well that are going to be hugely talented. So this Georgia class keeps getting richer, uh, and K.J. Bolden was a big part of this. Alabama comes in at, with the number two recruiting class. 
uh, thanks in large part to the number one quarterback in the country in Julian saying out of Carlsbad, California, uh, a guy that can really sling it around. It did, uh, I think, believe won the Elite 11. So he he had a great time over there. But Alabama's class was really bolstered in in this in this year by Ryan Williams there. You see he reclassified from 2025 to 2024. Uh, and when he he can't sign today, uh, Alex. No, he said he didn't sign. He did not sign today. But he's going to be a part of this class, uh, and I believe he's going to early enroll. I don't think he could have signed today. I think he has to wait um, till till after the first of the year, being a reclassification. But Ryan Williams, a big time pickup. He goes from the 2025 class out of Saraland High School there in Alabama to the 2024 class, and is as talented as a wide receiver as many people are saying has come out of the state of Alabama in a long time. And these are, these are people, uh, you know, George Pickens has come out of there. Julio Jones has come out of there and uh, a different type of receiver than those two, but just as dominant. I mean, a guy who can really, really play. Uh, Alex Page says Ryan Williams is special. Saw him dominating the state title game as a receiver and a kick returner. So, no surprise, Alabama getting an elite playmaker. They also get a key transfer that is added to these class ranks and all this kind of stuff, at least with the way on three does them with LT Overton, a guy who was originally from the, the state of Georgia, or at least played high school in the state of Georgia, went to Texas A&M. He comes over as a transfer. They've got several other guys that are key inside of the actual class itself. But Alabama, guys, is – you know, what they're doing is they're kind of being selective as, as they can be. Georgia is just the same way. They, they don't go chasing guys, and they're not going to overpay guys, uh, all that kind of stuff in terms of this NIL. If you go to Georgia or Alabama, you're going to go for probably less money than you could have gotten elsewhere. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's not a deal where, you know, you're much NIL. You can through corporate corporate deals and things like that when companies you and you lose your one of the best programs in the country but just straight up right away they're not going to you with the nil dollars will do is they'll promise to develop you promise nfl um and as like uh that is a uh number two corner in the country uh, that is going to be in this class caleb odom like i like i've got listed here like we got listed here for Caleb Odom, he's out of Carrollton High School in Georgia. Okay, and when Carrollton High School, uh, if you know that that high school, you say, "Where have I heard that from?" That's also the home of Julian Lewis. Okay, so Alabama is playing a little bit of a long game here with uh, Julian Lewis. Okay, being being a 2026 quarterback, a phenom, but what they've got his main target from this year in Caleb Odom coming to Alabama. Question is, how many more signing classes is Nick Saban going to have? Eventually, this man's going to going to hang it up, but he's he's not lost his fastball at all. You can see right here at the number two class in the country. Uh, they they keep adding uh, big big physical guys, and they're not afraid to go out in the transfer portal and get some guys either. Um, I think one of the bigger things is you get the number one quarterback there in Julian saying you get guys who are able to uh, help you right away in selective spots. And then you can fill in with the transfer portal. Nick Saban told everybody all along guys, Hey, if you want to do this transfer portal thing, we'll go out and do it better than anybody. Meaning 
that they're going to be selective and when they decide they need to go get someone so they're losing uh, some people off the edge and chris braswell dallas turner they say okay well we'll go get lt overton who was uh the number one player in the country in his class before he reclassed uh so he he's just now kind of growing into his own but like i said some some key players that uh, aren't on this graphic here uh jalen mbakwe is one of them uh zambian brown another corner out of california kevin riley is a guy who uh who is a running back who flipped from miami but this on the screen right here wide receiver uh that that flipped to alabama from texas Arian Hampton, uh, playmaking wide receiver out of the state of Texas, uh, Dangerfield, Texas. That's a, about as cool of a hometown name as you'll find, but in one another one of those flips there, Dangerfield, Texas. He goes from the Longhorns to the Crimson Tide on signing day, a flip right there. So that is a big deal for Alabama as they continue to stack up playmaking receivers. So Georgia was number one, Alabama number two in the class ranking so far we skip ohio state who was at three when i made this texas was at four okay uh texas came in at the fourth ranked class when i made this graphic they have been surpassed by miami okay they've been passed up by miami and so now they're sit, currently sitting at five they could change who knows but four or five they're right there solidly with the top five class and you have some special players in this, and they're going to need special players, of course, going into the SEC. That's uh, a little bit different. You need to be strong at the line of scrimmage. Introduce Brandon Baker, a mammoth of a man out of uh, modern-day high school and uh, the number two offensive tackle in the country. they got a playmaking running back where Texas has a ton of running backs over there in Jarrett Gibson. Uh, Jarrett Gibson, and, and it was Georgia was after him. Florida was after him. Uh, Alabama was after him, and Texas ends up coming up big with Jarek Gibson, a key transfer. Now, we're not talking just about transfers here, but this is a huge addition that you have to talk about. Andrew Makuba is a guy who is experienced and productive for Clemson. He's originally out of the state of Texas. He transfers back home to Texas, so that is a, a trend that you've seen for Texas, uh, some talented players who transfer back home. Think A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, right, coming back to uh, to Texas right there. So that is a big transfer pickup. And then Colin Simmons, he's a guy that you're going to be hearing about in the future. He's out of Duncan High School in Texas, uh, won the state championship, was this, the MVP of the state championship game, the highest classification there in Texas. Colin Simmons is a guy who is absolutely going to terrorize uh, opposing offenses for the next three years because uh, I think he'll be a three-and-done guy going to the NFL. Uh, Lord willing, an injury injury stays away from him. Colin Simmons is an absolute beast off of the edge. Quick twitch, a guy who can uh, convert, convert speed to power. So he is uh, quite the player and quite the pickup for Sark over there and that defense over there for the Texas Longhorns. Texas had a lot of Texas had a lot of uh, you know just momentum in this class that built up as they continued to steamroll towards the playoffs and I think that this playoff class uh, this playoff going to the college football playoff obviously is going to pay off for them and they're going to have momentum coming out of it so the Texas Longhorns uh, have it the number five now it was number four but I, this, so the graphic was four when I made it now it's number five class in the country. Xavier Filsamey 
is a guy right here that flipped to them that was part of that number five class from Florida, and he flipped this month. Now, we're going to talk about the Florida Gators in just a little bit, but this was just one of the many flips that Florida experienced, and he's a guy – uh, that Florida was really kind of counting on anchoring that back end, uh, but he got, elects to go with the with the Texas Longhorns, and that is a big big pickup on signing day. So Sark is starting to trying to convert this this playoff per appearance into recruiting momentum, and certainly is kind of keeping up with the Joneses there as they they enter into the SEC. Now, one of the teams that garnered some momentum late that would be the auburn tigers and no your eyes do not deceive you as you look at this graphic auburn signed two five-star wide receivers flipped two five-star wide receivers during this process they flipped cam coleman from texas a&m and they flipped perry thompson from the alabama crimson tide that is a monumental feat for Hugh Freeze. Uh, Hugh Freeze knew that he needed playmakers on the outside. He knew that they just didn't have the weapons in order to compete. Their passing game was abysmal this year. I think that that Hugh Freeze believes in Peyton Thorne. I really think he does. Or I think they would have pushed harder for a quarterback in the portal. I think he believes in Peyton Thorne and what he can do, but he didn't have playmakers. Uh, at times so they've got them now with cam coleman two big physical wide receivers and cam coleman and perry thompson and guys that will be able to produce right away for auburn demarcus riddick also a big time flip he flipped from the georgia bulldogs to the auburn tigers so that the the deep south's oldest rivalry with a little bit of extra incentive next time that gets played uh, next year. So you're talking about Demarcus Riddick, a inside linebacker from Clanton, Alabama, that uh, just decided that, hey, he wanted to stay in state. Many people thought he would flip to Auburn, uh, flip to Alabama rather, but he went to Auburn. So uh, Demarcus Riddick was a huge pickup and another reason that Auburn had the number seven class. And guys, Auburn was sitting well outside the top 10 a couple of weeks ago, and then just some late momentum, they were able to get up inside of the top 10, and Hugh Freeze is doing exactly what people thought that he would do uh, and be able to bring in quality players to Auburn. So there's a really, really good pickup and really, really good first high school, full high school class for Hugh Freeze. Let's look at uh, some of the, some other players. Another one, guys, and uh, Walker White's been there forever with them. Uh, Committed for a long time. They're really excited. He's out of Little Rock, Arkansas, four-star quarterback. He really helped recruit a lot of people in this class, so I put him on the graphic. But, guys, this is Amaris Williams. And stop me if you've heard this before here in this show. He flipped from Florida to Auburn. So, uh, my goodness, Florida losing recruits, losing recruits, I mean, and and losing them late in the cycle Poor Billy Napier and company, but Amaris Williams, he's the number one player in the state of North Carolina, 
a defensive lineman, 6'2 and a half, 265, can really be that kind of hybrid type guy along the defensive line and, and play uh, multiple positions. Sometimes he can play down all the way to a, to a three. He can play out at a, at a five technique. Uh, stand up a little bit if you need him to. So this is a guy who can do a little bit of everything with his, his athleticism, and I think that's something that uh, Ron Roberts is really going to like to utilize there on the plains with Amaris Williams coming over. They also uh, got Joseph Phillips late uh, from Georgia, who was going to all but get jo uh, Joseph Phillips, and then uh, late they came in and got him. Chris, uh, Chris Taylor said, you know what? late momentum means and he's got a picture of that bag yeah that's what it is i will say this and i'll go back to the the screen auburn did a great job hugh freeze did a great job but my one bone to pick with hugh freeze is this man is a grown man and he was complaining today about you know what his complaint was his complaint was that he had to stay up all night and play video games do you know what i would do to have that problem in my life to be able to say, man, I just, I had to stay up all night and play video games. I would love to have that problem. Okay, Hugh. So stop complaining. Those are what we call high class problems, Hugh. You ain't got to worry about nothing. You're over there signing five-star receivers. You're over there playing video games with guys. Don't worry about it. Just go about your business and don't, uh, don't pour mouth over there, Hugh, cause you got it going on. Uh, so I don't know, man. Uh, that is that is a good that's good stuff over there from from Auburn. Another SEC team, a new SEC team that enters the ranks and comes in as the eight number eight recruiting class would be the Oklahoma Sooners. They signed the number one DL in the country in David Stone. They signed the number one running back in the country in Taylor Tatum, and then also the number one player in the state of Oklahoma in Danny Okoye. Now listen. They weren't totally, totally, you know, just piling up on the high school recruits. They also uh, did a big, big-time job. Now, they did sign a lot of them. They signed 27, which is as high as anybody except Georgia who signed 28. So they are, they are getting a lot of volume. But their impact guys, okay, their impact guys come from the transfer portal. And we're also going to kind of transition into the transfer portal here in just a minute on some other players uh, and some other programs. But here's some of the guys that Oklahoma got in the transfer portal. Okay. Oklahoma got Spencer Brown, an offensive tackle from Michigan State, six foot six, 295. They got Deion Burks, a really nice pickup from Purdue, a guy that's an instant playmaker. He comes in uh, via the transfer portal. Uh, they're able to bring in a cornerback Dejon Malone from San Diego State so they got some key players that they needed in some positions there and you're talking about the Oklahoma Sooners there then at number 10 was LSU LSU didn't just have like any kind of like banner guys that you're going to say okay I think these guys are going to be all Americans here in just a just a year or two I think they're mostly guys that are going to have to go in there and and develop but they got enough of them that they were able to come down with the 10th class. And listen, when you're talking about LSU, Colin Hurley, he reclassified and became a part of this class of quarterback. And we know the success that LSU has had with quarterbacks, albeit that it's been mostly with transfer quarterbacks. We'll see if Colin Hurley can turn into that for them being developed there um, out, of, out of the state of Florida going to LSU right there. So, 
and then some more key players, Jelani Watkins, a wide receiver out of the Houston, Texas area, CJ Jackson, a four star uh, defensive end out of Tucker, Georgia. Listen, one thing that LSU and Missouri did that I thought was unique in this class. You tell me things aren't different in the in the South. Things aren't different in the SEC. They bought billboards from where these these young men were from. So if they went into another state, like LSU bought one off Jimmy Carter Boulevard for uh, C.J. Jackson because they went into the state of Georgia and got C.J. Jackson and actually flipped him from Georgia Tech. You're talking about Missouri going in and buying uh, – they're going into uh, Arkansas and buying billboards for two guys that they got out of the state of Arkansas. So those are some interesting things. But, guys, one thing that we have to talk about is Billy Napier and the Florida Gators got absolutely raided – I mean, raided through their through their uh, recruiting class here over the last couple of weeks. In the last month, Billy Napier lost a ton. I mean, a ton of high-profile guys. Okay, here's here's some of the guys that they lost: five-star defensive back Xavier Filsamy. Okay, we've talked about him flipping to Texas. They lost today a Marius Williams four-star defensive lineman over there to Auburn. We saw that on that flip today. Also, a Darius Haynes flipped from Florida to Miami today. That's a problem. Nazir Johnson a couple of weeks ago flipped from Florida to Georgia. Chauncey Bowens back a few months ago flipped from Florida to Georgia. We saw Jamonta Waller flip from Florida, a four-star uh, edge guy. I mean, there is so many guys that left this Florida class. They started out as the number three class in the country and now have ended up, you know, 15 or worse, depending on what happens going forward. They've also lost a receiver today, uh, a receiver today to Texas A&M. They did sign DJ Lagway. They did sign LJ McCrary. So they keep two of the guys that they needed uh, big time in that class, two five stars. But my goodness, they lost a lot of depth, a lot of players. Billy Napier said, hey, if we – he was quoted uh, in a press conference saying, you know, not too long ago saying, hey, if we can't sign 25 talented players here at the University of Florida, then you're going to be looking for a new head football coach. Well, they signed 18 today. A far cry from the 25 that they needed. Uh, also had a mass exodus in the portal, people leaving. So Florida has some issues over there. Now some programs that uh, went about it a little bit differently, okay? Guys that that aren't necessarily tr looking to rack up in the high school ranks but still had good enough classes. Um, you go down and you're finding kind of through the ranks. Tennessee, Texas A&M, they do stuff pretty well through the high school ranks, but they're also adding through the portal. It's only 16 signees for Texas A&M, 21 for Tennessee. Like I said, Florida down to 16th in the country, so they're getting passed up pretty quick. But the schools that I'm talking about, South Carolina at 20, Missouri at 24, and Kentucky at 25, all of these teams really, really hit the portal hard and were able to bring in some key pieces. You look at Caden Green for Missouri. You look at Jamon Dumas-Johnson and Brock Vandegrift for Kentucky. So Jamon Dumas-Johnson actually today committed to Kentucky, and that's a big, big pickup on the defensive side of the ball. So they have former Georgia Bulldogs now in leadership positions at quarterback and inside linebacker for them on both sides of the ball there at Kentucky. That's a big Big deal. South Carolina 
of course, went to the portal and they got Jared Brown. They got Rocket Sanders. So they were able to load up on some some talented guys at the skill positions. But when you're talking about South Carolina, I still need to see. Now, a lot of people want to point out, oh, people were injured. I don't care what you do, okay, at the skill positions. I don't care what you do. And I don't care if Lenore Sellers is the next coming of Cam Newton. Okay, it does not matter if that offensive line is not any better. And they have not went out and got one offensive lineman through the portal. And I think that you have to be able to develop guys through high school ranks of the offensive line because it's hard to find really good players on the offensive line in the portal. Kirby Smart has went out and said that you got to be able to develop them. They got to be able to develop some guys that are there and they're going to have to get a lot better than they got this year because, my goodness, they were it was like a sieve people coming through that defense. I know SC Scout guy says, yeah, that's fine. Top five O-line class in high school. I don't care. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do you any good as freshmen. They're gonna take them 18 months to develop where they can get and play. And if they are playing as freshmen, then you're gonna have the same results. So many sacks, uh, so many missed assignments, things like that, because it is different playing. Not only does your body have to develop, but you have to be able to understand protections, understand different types of pressures that are coming at you, fit in different places in run schemes, be taught different techniques in terms of being able to, you know, utilize hand placement, understand leverage, all these kind of things that people do not do very well at the high school ranks. And I know Cam Pringle and I know Josiah Thompson and all these guys are talented, but my goodness, my goodness, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, key that they're able to develop guys and i know south carolina had a lot of injuries i know they had a lot of injuries but guess what everybody has injuries okay not not maybe the rash of injuries that south carolina had on the offensive line granted i'll give you that but they're gonna have to develop those guys in a hurry and we'll see we'll see what happens for south carolina that end but i'm a little bit concerned about the offensive line over there now, I will say a couple of transfers that I didn't mention for South Carolina. Jaden McGowan, a just electrifying player from Vanderbilt. How about poor Vanderbilt, by the way? Don't even, I'm not even going to pretend to know what Vanderbilt did on signing day today. You know why? Because it does not matter. Okay. It does not matter what Vanderbilt did on signing day today. But I will say Vanderbilt lost some really good players that, that they had uh, started to get going over the last couple of years. Logan Humphreys. Goes to Georgia, a freshman All-American. Jane McGowan goes to South Carolina. Ethan Barr, I think, went out to Washington. So there's a lot of good players that uh, left that left Vanderbilt. Guys, I'm trying to – if you got any questions, anything like that, uh, I'll open it up and, and answer any kind of questions. Also, uh, I may go ahead and – here's what I'll do. Oh my gosh, he's he Jaden McGowan flipped to Boston College and didn't sign with South Carolina. I saw him still on the saw him still on the list right here. As of right now, that is that is awful. That is awful if Jaden McGowan did not sign with South Carolina. That is rough. He was still on the list here on on three. So I apologize for that. That hadn't been updated right there. But Jaden McGowan, I did see him uh flip to South Carolina. And if he went to Boston College and that's not a good. That's not a good pickup. What I'm going to do here, guys, is I'm going to uh, put out the invite here in the comments. So, Unc, uh, Chris Taylor, Andy Stowe, all you guys watching, anybody wants to wants to hop in, uh, go ahead and feel free. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to let you, uh, let you come in and be a part of the show here for a little bit, if you want to, um, and just, just talk a little bit of, of recruiting and reaction to it. Remember guys, we're presented by bet online. Make sure you like subscribe, turn on notifications. Um, that's always appreciated. And we'll, uh, we'll take your questions here and things on like that. That's a Chris said, that's a great point. Who on earth signed with Mandy today? Don't know. Like I said, don't know. AJ Swan went to LSU. So that's a that's a big deal there. But uh if anybody wants to hop on here, we'll do for about another go for about another 10 minutes and we'll let you join the show. I've got the link there in the comments where you can hop on and join us. I do think that it's interesting that. All of a sudden, you see Texas and Oklahoma jumping up into these power positions as they enter into the SEC. Now they have that added advantage where they can go in and say, "Hey, we're in the SEC. We're able to. We're able to compete." All right, so here we go. We're gonna add Alex Page here, my man Unc. How you What's doing, up, man? Fine, you, man. What's going on? Oh, doing doing well, doing well. You know the you know the deal, man. Turn that thing sideways so you fill up the screen for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. There we go. There he is. There he is. All right. Um, so what what are your thoughts on signing day? Um, I mean, really nothing really overly surprising. Um I, I mean, obviously, you know, people had thoughts of what KJ could potentially do. Um, so that was probably the big one. Um, on the day, along with a couple of others. But uh, my main question I have for you is who who is left in the Florida class besides uh, the quarterback that they signed? That's I mean, LJ, LJ McCray. LJ McCray, okay. really a, a good pickup for them. He's a guy that Georgia That's wanted. Right. Uh, I mean, George, Georgia wanted him bad. I mean, there were some other people trying to, trying to flip him. Um, let's see who else they had in there. Miles Graham is a linebacker, uh, linebacker at – that was a nice pick. They they did go into Georgia and get a tight end and Amir Jackson, who Georgia took a look at. So that was uh, that was something there. Um, Fletcher Westfall is a guy who took a official visit to Georgia and Clemson and some other places. So they had a had an offensive tackle, but it wasn't a it wasn't a great class. They got the the junior junior college edge Brian uh, Brian Taylor out of there. Um, so you know, not the class that they wanted for sure. But I'm gonna go ahead and add Andy and Chris in here. Uh, let's get up to get the whole whole squad in here. How's everybody doing? Hey, on, it's great man? to be a Georgia Bulldog, Let's right? Number one class in the country. Come on. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, hold on. SC Scouts has said it didn't cover Ole Miss at all. I did a whole video on Ole Miss in the portal because today wasn't Lane's day. He's not the high school king. <laughs> Lane's the portal king. You know what I'm saying? Lane, Lane goes out there and gets it done out of the portal. Now they did get Andrew Maddox. They flipped him from they flipped him from Texas uh, A&M, but that was a couple of days ago, and he ends up ends up signing. So, uh, you know, I didn't do a whole lot on on Ole Miss because this is really not their day. You know, I mean, they did finish 19th in the country, uh, but they're more about the portal uh, and what they're doing over there. Um, but Andy, what, what's going on, man? Man, it's great to be a dog. I mean, the the whole. You know, on the on the forums, people are saying, "Oh, is Georgia going to fall just like Clemson did?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, we lost one game by three points to Alabama. Give me a break, you know. And um, no, it's great to see Kirby's not. He's going to adapt, and that's what he. You know, that's what he's doing. He's adapting to, to to the portal as well. You know, so he's paying he's paying the high school players now, and it looks like KJ Bolden got some nice money. So hey, it's a great day to be a dog. I don't. It was, and, it was and, a good uh, day. 
Hey, 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 Andy, that also goes to the point of everyone not freaking out because people, because kids were leaving the program. Exactly. Obviously, you got a number one class, so you basically just fill those slots. Um, my other question for you, Blaine, is if Bama had gotten Edric from Buford, would that have pushed their composite score or whatever closer to Georgia? Oh, Either yeah, it'd have been, it'd, it'd been huge. Uh, Edric Houston close. is – Edric Houston's a real guy, a real, real talented player. I'm not sure that um, they would have been able to overtake him with the addition of KJ, but it would have been, it would have been real, real close. And now I, I don't know that Alabama and, and Georgia and everybody, I think they're all pretty much, pretty much done. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't think there'll be any late additions. You know, now it's pretty much all done in December. There's not a yeah. whole lot of uh, guys signing in February unless it's a JUCO guy or something like that. But um, that, that gets late through the process, and now they can pick up guys in the portal anyways, and they got another portal window that's going to be coming in May. But, uh, Chris, what's going on, buddy? How are we all? Doing good, doing good. Happy uh, whatever. It's not signing. Day. It's not like signing day like it used to be, but happy signing day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it uh, it was interesting in terms of, you know, the I think the big takeaways. Florida just absolutely their class just fell apart on them here in the last four <laughs> weeks and really on the last couple of days. That that was rough. I think you saw Hugh Freeze showed that hey Auburn is going to be a contender when it comes to recruiting. At least I don't know that we we got to continue to see on the field and hey they they pushed Georgia and Alabama on the field this year uh, yep. with with a, a lack of talent so we all know that Hugh Freeze can coach we all know that Hugh, Hugh Freeze can recruit and then I think just the the brands the power of those two brands being brought into the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma I think is humongous um, and then of course like I said Georgia number one class Alabama number two so the rich get get richer you know what I'm saying so. It definitely feels like there's a separation where, you know, it, 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 there there are clear classes and schools that, that seem to be getting, uh, you know, kind of poorer and decimated and uh, and they're ta- being taken by, you know, by the by the same crew, you know, so it's it's a it's a separation of uh, of, of, you know, of talent and classes into into different uh in different schools differently than than I, I would have expected it to be. Uh, there, you know, there there seems to be um, a uh, when when you when you have the ability to to integrate NIL and 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 uh, and transfer portal allows opportunity for you know coaches to uh, to bring in guys. You almost expect some parity from that that. Um, that I, I maybe it's just me and and you know the, the dust hasn't settled, but it seems like um, I don't see that quite yet. I feel like it's almost like okay, everybody's rushing or rallying to certain programs uh, to try to win a win a title uh, more so than than seeing parity. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think we're seeing parity on the field. I think we're starting to see some more parity on the field, and mm-hmm. I think part of part of that has to come with. Unc, I think it's a. It, everybody's trying to find their philosophy on okay, how much are we going to dip into the portal, and how much are we going to continue mm-hmm. to build through high school? I think as long as there is breath in the lungs of Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, they will be adamant on saying, exactly. "Hey, we have to develop yep. out of the high school ranks, and then go and cherry pick for key needs out of the portal." Whereas Lane Kiffin says, 
I ain't got, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to develop. I got to go get them now. And he's going and building the equivalent of the, the Monstars over there from, uh, from Space Jam over there at Old Miss this year. I mean, Realtree is just dumping the whole bag out for, for these guys over there. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But what's your opinion on, and Missouri's doing really well in the portal. Kentucky's doing really – what's your yeah. opinion, like what Chris was saying on these two kind of divergent styles here? I kind of like him. Like you said with Lane, you know, he, he, he's figured out his uh, niche, so to speak, as far as the portal goes. Um, I think uh, Eddie asked in the comments about Walter Nolan and, and whatever possibility with the dogs, but I think Ole Miss is in the running for Walter. Um, yeah, and Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, and, Oregon. Yeah, so um, – and the other other question I had that just, well, I was listening to Cole Kubik and Macro, I think they talked about it today was, or I saw it in a tweet or somewhere with the expansion of the playoff coming up. Do you obviously there's obviously there's been discussion about moving the fall signing day calendar. Um, actually, it was, it was on an ESPN broadcast today. That's when they talked about um, about the potential of moving the December calendar or December signing date to either back to the normal one or earlier whenever, but it, it won't be basically just trying to create a window for, Hey, since we have the, these, you know, upcoming playoff games and then you have the the portal guys, the portal window in the fall on top of signing day, like, okay, one, one has to, uh, Hey, let's, let's move. They talked about moving the, the signing day to a different day. And then basically just letting the fall period be for um, those guys that are in the portal, which before, before the portal and the December date, Really, the the fall signing period was for the JUCO guys, the old school JUCO guys yeah. that were signing early, and then they would report for the spring semester at whatever school they signed with. So, in essence, it would kind of basically take the place. Basically, the transfer portal is taking the place of, you know, the fall signing date is is that in essence of the old school JUCO guys because the JUCO guys are getting washed out yeah. too because they're not going to the Bamas and Georgias of the world. They're going to you know, uh, quote unquote, lesser. Program Florida, yeah, the Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but is that? But those guys. But that, in essence, that's kind of helped out schools like the group of five schools. You know, the chores of the world because I know they've done well with getting some JUCO guys out of Mississippi. So in Oklahoma and Iowa and on the West Coast. So you know, it, it's there's been there's been a trickle down effect for the JUCO guys are still finding their homes and still producing. Only problem is, is I don't know that you can put the genie back in the bottle when it comes to all the the mid-year enrollee guys because there's just mm -hmm. so many yep. of them now. Like, Georgia's signed 28 guys. I think 24 of them are going to be early enrollees. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so when it comes down to that, guys want to get there, and the coaches like having that. They don't like having to deal with, you know, the they don't like having to deal with everything stacked on top of each other all at one time. But they also like having the, that new blood come in and be able to be there early and be prepared for spring ball and be prepared yeah. for all that kind of stuff and, and get get some experience in your belt. Because, you know, I mean, if if, if Redland Wilson and C.J. Allen hadn't been there for, for spring this year, they would have been even further behind when Georgia needed mm -hmm. to come in for inside linebackers. So, you know, it, it has advantages, but they're, they're definitely going to have to figure out a, a certain part of the calendar and things like that, yeah. I would almost be in favor of saying, hey, put the transfer portal off until the dang playoffs are over with. Yes. Okay. Because then people don't have to make a decision. And instead of having instead of having two portal windows and all this kind of stuff, you just say, hey, 
Once the season's over with, when the clock hits triple zeros on the national championship game, transfer portals open. You can you can go into the transfer portal, and then it stops two weeks after spring practice, and we're just going to leave it open for that whole time. If somebody if something happens between the end of the national championship game and spring and and the spring uh you know practice being over with, then you enter you oh. enter the portal. But if not. You take care of your class in in December, and then mix because nobody's signing, but maybe two, yeah, two, three guys most in February. So, well, yeah, but don't um, you those guys that they want to get in and be able to get the spring practice, and so yeah. they they would school would already be started, so they couldn't enroll. Some schools, some schools may have started by the time the national championship game has begun. It it, it it just depends upon when 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 that spring semester starts. But that's a good point, Andy. And then but then Blaine too, you got like kids like Justin Sand. Who signed with Bama? He's he technically officially signed today, but he's been going through bowl practice. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. There's never going to be a whole uh, perfect way, but I think if if you waited to the national championship for the transfer, they those guys could still get there and be a part of most of spring ball. Like if they may miss that's maybe right one practice or two, because because in, be in, in essence, Andy, I think what it boils down to is not necessarily when the spring semester starts; is getting them in there before. Like I think. Before the last date to um, a drop ad classes, yeah. yeah. So what I would allow people to do is I would also just like I would increase the time of the transfer portal, but I would make it a certain defined time. I would say, hey, if you know where you're going, when August first rolls around of your, you know, going into your senior year, and you know where you're going, you can sign on August first. Okay, go ahead and let guys sign and and be and be done with it. Instead of having to, if you want to go ahead and sign, sign. If not, and then once the early signing period ends, then then it's over with. But I would go ahead and let guys sign early. I mean, because All right, so, to, so to your point on the ESPN broadcast with Tom Lukenbill and all those guys, one of them mentioned that they had a conversation with PJ Fleck, and he referenced he mentioned about having a high school signing day in August. So how how would how, how you you kind of because I can see. That as a I would just let them sign at any point between August and, and 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 you know the end of December here. Anytime you want to sign, if you instead of just committing, if you want to sign and get like, because you know what that allow people to do now in the state of Georgia and the state of Missouri, get that NIL money, you can make NIL. So that goes ahead and lets yeah. the high school kids go ahead and be getting paid that instead of saying, mm -hmm. okay, well, it's promised that you're going to get paid this, but you can't do it until you sign and all this kind of stuff. I think that would clear things up as well. Well, yeah, and, and, and even with the signing day in August, I mean, the bulk of the kids are already committed by the time exactly. the season starts, except for a handful. Um, and they're, you know, and they're going to take their visits and, you know, go see teams play and do the whole quote unquote official visits, which basically official visits are going down on, on, you know, home game weekends. So, you know, versus pre-December signing period, you had guys taking, they were, weren't taking their officials until January. So, yeah. I think yeah, they're going to make an early signing period in August. That's what I think is mm -hmm. going to happen. I think they're going to move it to that because it's, it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. But uh, guys, I'm about to sign it off here, but give me each of you a parting thought. Something that something from from today. I'll start with I'll start with you, Andy. What's your parting thought from signing day today? Yeah, it's just uh, Kirby. He's got this thing figured out. When you think the chips are down, you you start worrying about, oh, are we missing this guy? Or is, did we lose Dylan Raul? What's going to happen? Kirby pulls pulls out KJ Bolton. He's got it figured out. I, 
trust the king. That's all you got to do is trust the king. So. There you go. Some some people may call him the prince as long as uh, Nick Saban's around. Uh, he, hey, look, still- you know what? That may be true. I, I I don't dispute Saban is the goat. I'm I'm all for you, but you know I'll take two national championships, so I'm good with it. So. No, no doubt, uh, Chris. What, what's your what's your thought? Uh, similar, thought? similar to Andy. I, I think uh, he knows probably more than we know. He knows more than we do, uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, but you 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 kind of have to uh, look at it as a net gain, and uh, and and you know you live to fight another day. It's you, what what matters is who who fields the uh, who, what what team you field in August, and and this is all part of the process leading up to that so um it's a it's a step towards um you know the ultimate goal and that is to uh to have who you want out there and who wants to be there um when when time comes in 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 the fall so uh if you're if you're georgia uh, which i am um i you know you got to be happy with the day there you go. There you go, Unc. What do you What do you got? My, my final thought is the uh, after listening to the uh, press conference with the new Troy coach the other day, came from Notre Dame. He said, he said one of his quotes was, um, "The uh, truth is going to be in the work." So now it's time for those guys to uh, put in the work. That's and, right. You know, let let the chips fall where they may come spring slash fall slash the season. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys hopping on as always. Uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed talking signing day, and we'll catch you guys a little bit later. See you, fellas. Appreciate every, all them being on here as always. Guys, you can always join as well when I throw that link out. So uh, next time we do one of these shows, make sure you hop on if you'd like to join us. But, guys, that is our – that's the end of our coverage here of the reaction to signing day. A lot of – Big developments for some programs, like I said, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, uh, Auburn, Oklahoma, LSU, all finish in the top 10 in the recruiting rankings. Um, and then you've got teams like Ole Miss, Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina that are really picking up things through the transfer portal and also sprinkling in some good high school recruiting in there as well. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, turn on notifications. And I will catch you guys next time right here to talk more SEC football here on Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.